Psalm 51. And we're going to read the first 13 verses. Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy ten tender loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth, and then word parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear the joy of gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. And we trust the Lord will bless this portion of his precious word. Well, a word of prayer. <clears throat> Dear Lord, I bow humbly and reverently before thee. We thank you, Lord, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you, Lord, that many of us in this room can rejoice that we're saved, that we're born again, that we're the children of the Most High God. Rejoice, Lord, that you lifted us from the gutter of sin and set us upon that rock, Christ Jesus. We praise you, Lord, that you put a new song in each one of our, our lips, Lord. And, oh God, we rejoice, Lord, that we're in Christ, that we're redeemed, that we're born again, that we're the children of the Most High God. And, oh God, we just pray as we meditate upon thy word, Lord, that you'll continue to work in us, Lord. We praise you, Lord, that you are the potter and we are the clay. And, God, have your way in each one of our lives. And, oh God, we just pray, Lord, oh God, Lord, that we'll be a bond of men and women whose hearts God hath touched, Lord. We need you, Lord, to touch our hearts, Lord. We need you, Lord, to intensify thy presence amongst us here 
in this room tonight, Lord. And, oh, God, we'll look to you, Lord, to continue to bless and touch and to move amongst us. And these days we'll pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I think it was about three weeks ago we looked at the mercy of God. And for maybe for those that maybe weren't with us, we looked in Psalm 23 uh, and that verse of goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And to think every time that we look back, no matter where we are, you know that goodness and mercy is following us. Read in Ephesians, we looked at Ephesians chapter 2, where the Lord is rich in mercy. And you know, he's rich in mercy towards you and me. We looked at the um, <clears throat> his, his mercies are everlasting. His mercies are new every morning. And there's quite a lot of others, but tonight uh, we're going to look at Psalm 51 and it says here the multitude of thy tender mercies. We're going to look at the multitude of God's tender mercies. And the, the background of Psalm 51 is uh, found in Second Samuel chapter 11 and 12. And <clears throat> before David sadly sinned, he was a man that knew and loved the Lord. He wrote those lovely words in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Read and for Samuel 17 when he was about to face Goliath he said these words in verse 45 Then said David to the Philistine Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I shall smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know 
that there is a God in Israel. And we see David, he was a man, and after God's own heart, he was a man that walked with God. He was a man that talked with God. But David sadly fell. He fell into deep sin. But we see here in Psalm 51, as it were, he threw himself at the mercy of God. We can ask the question, why did the psalmist say over and over again and talk about the mercy of God over and over again? I'll tell you why. And the answer is very simple. He explains God's mercy. He explains God's mercy in his heart. And in many places in Scripture we read, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. My prayer is that you know that the people in this land, in this island of Ireland, this would later on go to prayer. That there were multitudes that would find the mercy of God. If we turn over just briefly to Psalm 103. And the psalmist is talking again here about the mercy of God. And Psalm 103 and verse 4. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? And verse 11 of the same psalm. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. And if we run our eye down to verse 17, it says, But the mercy of God is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. And we see here in Psalm 51, we see the background of this psalm in Second Samuel chapter 11. And we see here 
that how David a fell into grievous sin against the Lord. David was the king and the Lord had blessed him in many balls. But we read in St. Samuel chapter 11 and verse 1 that this time that as Israel was again gone out to battle, David sent all the soldiers and Job away. But we read that David stood at home. And read in verse 2, And it came to pass in the even tide that David arose. Do you know, he maybe was lying in bed maybe most of the day. And we see here that he arose. And he walked upon the roof of the, of the king's house. And he saw this woman washing herself. And then in verse 3, he made an inquiry who this woman was. And then we read that he committed sin, the sin. And we read in verse 5 that the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. Now we see here that Bathsheba was with child. And what was David going to do? First of all, we see in verse 6, plan A. He sent to Job saying, send me Uriah. And Uriah came and, and he told David about all what happened in the battlefield. And then David expected Uriah to go home to his wife. But he didn't. And he just slapped outside the king's house. And then, if we go down to verse 13, there's plan B. Plan A failed. There was plan B. And when David had called him, he did eat and drank before him, and he made him drunk. And at even he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went, down, went not down to his house. We see here, plan, again, plan B failed. And now he's on to plan C. Verse 14. 
And we read in verse 14, And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Job and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire ye from him that he may be smitten and die. We see here that David, he was adding sin upon sin. And he felt because he was the king that he could cover his sin. That, you know, he could make as it were anything to happen because there was no one was going to question what he was doing. And we see here David and the, um, the devil was had him as it were trapped and <clears throat> to think that Uriah was going back to the battlefield with the king with the, this letter from the king and with the and Uriah a man that loved the king so much and yet Uriah was 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 carrying the ladder that was going to be, as it were, his death warrant. And <clears throat> then we read in verse twenty-five of verse of of um, chapter eleven. Then David said unto the messenger, Thus shalt thou say unto Job, Let not this thing displease thee, for the sword devoureth the one as well as the other. Make thy ball more strong against the city, and overthrow it, and encourage thy him. Now Uriah was dead, David was more or less saying to Job, he says, don't let this bother you. Again, he was just adding sin upon sin. And then we read in verse 27 about when the mor <coughs> morning was past, morning, he sent and fetched Bathsheba or her <clears throat> to his house and she became his wife and David's sin it was covered for a whole year and everything was looking 
all good. But then, God said to Nathan the prophet, he says, I want you to go into the presence of the king, and I want you to tell him a parable. And we'll read of it in, in, in the first five verses of chapter 12. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought up and nourished up, and it grew and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveller unto the rich man and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress it, dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said unto Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. And <clears throat> this this is the background of Psalm fifty one. And we see here <clears throat> that David a a a cries a cries for mercy. David, he cried out, I have sinned. And you know, thank God, he saw his sin. You know, we live in an age that there's so many people and they don't see their sin. They're sitting in darkness. They're maybe depending on church connection or the rituals of the church. I remember there was a fellow used to help us in open air. And he would have preached sometimes. And he would have, this is one thing often he would have preached on. He says, you know, your, your name might be in the church role. But he says, 
and might as well be on a sausage roll. And he often would have preached that. And <clears throat> but you know, David, he realized that he'd sinned. And he's, he'd sinned before a righteous and a holy and a just God. He cried out for mercy. And he's begging for mercy. You know, read in Luke chapter 18 about the publican. And he bowed himself and he bowed himself with a weight and of sin and the load of sin and read in that passage that he smote his breast and he said, Lord, be merciful unto me, the sinner. I know David, we read in verse 3, My sin is ever before me. I believe in that whole year that David was trying to cover his sin. I believe that every, every night he was going to bed, I believe he was thinking about his sin. I believe that every morning he got up out of his bed, he was thinking about his sin. I believe that everywhere he went, he was thinking about his sin. And you know, I believe that the, the, the people that are not saved around Balhinch and around all these communities, you know, they need to see their sin, that they're sinners in the, in the sight of a holy God. That, that, that as, it, as it says here in Psalm 51 and verse, and verse 3, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin as ever before me. That the, the lost, that they would see their sin and the wooden, the, the wooden saddle, that they bond their conviction and they bond their mighty conviction till they would get that a kind saddled. But you know, the psalmist could say, my sin is ever before me. He couldn't get away from it. He hadn't confessed it. He hadn't repented from it. He felt the shame of it. He felt the guilt of it. And God found him out. And David is saying here, I can't cover my sin any longer. I know we need to pray that the people around, around us, they can't cover their sin anymore. That, 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 that God will expose, expose their sin. I know David, he, he was a man and he had experienced 
and past days the, the presence the presence of God that fellowship with the Lord and he, he was here and he was throughout three steps of sin he was one to repent and get things right he says against thee Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. He saw that this sin, it was, it was grieving the heart of God. The God who made him, the God who, who gave him life, the God who, 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 who gave him breath, the God of mercy that has, has kept him living to this moment. And then he, 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 he's crying out, blot out my transgressions. That word transgression means that a breach of relationship between two parties. A willful choice that a man makes to reject God's authority. It means to cross into for forbidden territory. It means to go beyond the limits and means to break away from. That's what transgression means. We see here in Psalm 51 and verse 2, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Iniquity means Twisted. Iniquity means bent, grievous, crookedines, and means to, to cover up sin. Read in verse 3 For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. The word sin means I've missed the mark and means I've come short. It says in Romans 3, 20, 23, it says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We see the psalmist here in Psalm 51. He's not rejoicing here. His heart is breaking. The one that used to lead the soldiers into battle, the one that we can read, Saul slew his thousands, but David 
his tens of thousands. The man who wrestled with the lion, the man who killed the bear, and he's now sobbing with a broken heart. Why? It's over his sin. But we'll read here. It says here, uh, the, um, in Psalm 51, it says here, in verse 1, blot out my transgressions. That word blot out, that word means to abolish and means to destroy. It means to wipe out. It means to, to cause to disappear, to remove, to remove, not to leave, leave a trace. And that's what David, he wanted God to do. I know that's what God done. And we'll read, we'll come back to verse 1. The multitude of thy tender mercies. The word multitude means fully, completely taken care of. And you know, praise God, we serve a God that is full of the multitude of his tender mercies. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.